And empathy is very important because, and, and it's very difficult because I can never, I can never sit in your shiny trousers or sit in you your You could try. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I can't be in your shoes yeah. and you can't be in mine. So empathy is important and to give that. But that's why I thought we twisted around and say, you know, who looks to us for leadership? You know, who looks to me for leadership? That's what I should every day go into the office and think, hang on a second here. You know, this is the way. There, people are looking to see what I do when something goes wrong. The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome back to The Architects of Business on Joe, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, where we hear the inspirational stories of some of Ireland's leading entrepreneurs. I'm Sonia Lennon, and in this episode, I speak with Richard Kennedy, CEO of Devonish, and recently crowned EY Entrepreneur of the Year 2019. Richard, um, I'd say on the inside, you're feeling as sparkly as my trousers. How are you feeling the day after the night before? Well, I think that's a very good analogy. That's exactly how I feel, Sonia. I, but also, uh, you know, I suppose... Um, gobsmacked, uh, surprised. Um, but so also so just for the, for the listeners and the viewers, last night at the EY, EOY, EOY Entrepreneur of the Year Awards, you won not one but two mm. awards. International Entrepreneur of the Year and Overall mm. Entrepreneur of the Year. Extraordinary. Well, yeah, I suppose it is when you say it and when you hear people, you know, when I hear you saying that to me, I kind of have to pinch myself and, you know, but last night I woke up three or four times during the night thinking, well, that was a dream. Uh, uh, and then saying to myself, well, actually, it's not because and it's not even a dream that that I ever had because I, I never thought that 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 would happen. Uh, because when you see the businesses and companies that were there and represented like they're incredible businesses, incredible people who have committed you know, huge chunks of their lives to developing what they had. And, 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 and each of them are, are huge, incredibly successful and should be, you know, recognised and acknowledged uh, as we all were. And I think that's the important thing. There's very little between us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that, the alumni that, that um, um, EY and, and, and the Entrepreneur of the Year team have together is probably one of the best parts of it. You know, the number of people that I've met the new friends I've made, uh, the people that you can go to, um, it's incredible. And, um, you know, so that's, that's one of the, the abiding, you know, I suppose, pieces of it that, that, that uh, uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't expected. So even, even at this stage, um, with your, your crown freshly tilted on your head, you, you've developed that network. So, so mm. although the story is in a way just beginning, you, you had been to two of the events previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at what point did, did you think, sure, let's go for it? Well, I suppose we, we um, you know, we, we were nominated and we, we gave it a lot of thought because we knew it would take, uh, you know, it always takes time. You know, and, and, and there are, there is only, you know, 24 hours in every day. So something was going to have to change or shift. Uh, and and, and we, we were slow to, to commit. But, but I have to say, when we did, um, it's been incredibly worthwhile. So we, 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 we accepted the nomination 
and then went through this, the, 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 the process and started to meet the other uh, uh, people and the other teams who were involved uh, and the companies. And, and that, that then opens it up. So you, you can you meet people, you, you share stories, you talk to them, you know, you say, you know, uh, we have this issue, what's your sense? Uh, things like Brexit, lot, lots of, 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 of us uh, in the... Um, in the, the competition had similar challenges. So it's great to be able to even just say, you know, what, what, what's your sense of this? Yeah, yeah. And so um, this is in your DNA. You, you, you grew up on the west coast of Ireland. Sligo is coursing through your veins. Um, where did the entrepreneurialism come from? Well, I suppose it, I have to say, Sonia, that it, it actually would, it, it, it is in my DNA because my dad and my uncle were absolutely uh, entrepreneurial businessmen. And their attitude was, because we live in uh, the west of Ireland under the Ox Mountains, there is no passing trade. So um, back in the 40s and 50s when my dad was, um, he, he served his time as a shop boy uh, so, uh, and then bought a business or took over a business uh, and, and started to distribute uh, um, a confectionery. So he was a wholesale confectioner uh, and himself and his brother developed a business from Limerick to Malinhead, uh, distribution of, of uh, sweets, uh, coming to Dublin twice a week to Milroy's to buy uh, and collect sweets, bring them over to the west of Ireland. Uh, he talked to me about supply and demand. Milroy's would only release a certain amount uh, because they wanted to ensure that there was a good demand. And the other thing he told me about sweets, uh, and he also went into ice cream, which ultimately became uh, the thing that, that made him, uh, was that uh, when somebody finishes a sweet, they want another one. So that, that's been in my DNA. So I, I like to have repeat business. I like to be able to have, and, and I could see that. But you also have to have something that others wanted and they would either travel for. And I suppose when you look at Pat McDonough uh, in Supermax and what Pat has done, uh, um, you know, you have to bring people in the west of Ireland to something and, and, and they have to be willing to uh, number one, travel, and number two, pay for it. So it has to have value and it has to meet their requirements and needs. So that, to me, is the entrepreneurial spirit, working out what people need, how you deliver it, and how you make a few pounds out of it. And do you think that um, that added kind of logistical adversity actually fosters that spirit? I do, yeah. I, I, I absolutely believe it. And, and whether people stay in the west of Ireland or whether, you know, there's been mass emigration. So in my class uh, of uh, where, where I went to Banada Abbey Secondary School, when I finished in the early 80s in, in school, um, there were 63 in my class. 48 of those people left uh, the country. Uh, now, many of them have come back mm -hmm. subsequently, but when they left, they went and were very successful. So whether West of Ireland people stay there or they move on, there's almost that, there's always that, um, I suppose, uh, well, in my mind, there's always that sense, you have to be better than... It's, it's almost like an inbuilt uh, sense of, th of striving, yeah, like a absolutely. philosophy of striving to, to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely, because as I said, there isn't the population 
there, there, there isn't the, the throughput, the, you know, there isn't the passing trade. Um, another thing we had was a petrol pump. We didn't have a petrol station. We had a petrol pump outside the house. My dad, uh, when televisions came out, um, he sold televisions in the local area. Um, he was an electrician when, you know, in the 40, late 40s, uh, in his early 20s. Uh, and he, he was a portfolio houses. entrepreneur. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he just wanted to yeah. generate cash. And like that's the thing that the West of Ireland suffers from. Uh, and it's why we want to draw more people in there. It's why Jacqueline and I went back and said, you know, we, we were living here in Dublin. We want to go back and, and spend our money. Because if there isn't cash being generated and turned over in the economy, it, it, it will wither it and die. Yeah. yeah. And I love, I absolutely love your, um, your approach to revenue. And... Uh, it's so refreshingly simple that, you know, anybody can have an idea, but but the cash is the blood flow that makes it a reality. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, you know, people ask often what, 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 uh, what um, you know, what advice would you give to people, you know, people who are starting up? And the most important thing is it has to generate revenue and generate it as quickly as possible because you see lots of startups and, and, and I know there's, you know, there's many angel funds out there investing in, in the hope that something generates revenue. But I think it's the lifeblood. You know, once you have a revenue, you know, you can, you can push it, you can play with it. And, and farmers are really good at that. You know, yeah. we, where, where, where um, you know, for instance, pig farmers, where, you know, I, 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 when I joined um, <clears throat> Devonish or when I was with Devonish when I started in this business with New Tech back in, in the early 90s I worked with a lot of pig farmers and like pig farmers are, are, are masters at, at managing cash flow and once you can move that cash and work it then you know you have uh, you have something to keep the, the, the business alive You can sweat it Absolutely so, so take us back to the beginning of your career then and uh, so you were one of the few that stayed behind everybody left and, and you're left in your beloved Sligo, what happened next? Well, I suppose I, I was uh, in our house. Uh, my mom and dad uh, were, um, we, we were blessed. We have a fabulous home. Um, uh, my dad uh, was one of the most positive men or was one of the most positive men I ever met. And I've said this a few times uh, in, in the last uh, 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 day or two. Um, the, the one thing he did, Sonia, every day was he had a tremendous faith. And every day he, he, he said, thank God for all the graces and blessings that we have. And he said that out loud to us. And, you, you know, it, what that meant was, because he, he, would, he, would, uh, he would say it quite obviously to us, you know, 99% of the things in your life are good. 1% in a day might be bad. Why would you focus on that? So from that point of view, we were set up very well. And, and they encouraged us and enthused us. And I was even talking to my mom this morning and she said, you know, I failed my first year in college. And she said, your dad said to you, you can come home if you want uh, or you can go back to college if you want. But there isn't, you know, here's what's at home. You'll have to go and find your own way. Uh, why wouldn't you go back and, and try, try to, uh, to get a, a degree, which I did. And like back in the 80s in Sligo, there were four of us in our house. Now my mum uh, was a teacher, and a, a, a fabulous teacher. Um, uh, and, uh, but the four of us went to college. Uh, and I'll give you an example how much it meant to them uh, and how willing they were to commit. Um, uh, the last year we were in college uh, in um, um, 
it would be 88, 89. Mm. Um, uh, I think I'm right, but the 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 loans in the house and, and for the, the, the farm was 17% interest. Um, my mum was on 30... It, I mean, when you think back... Yeah. Extraordinary. Oh, it's incredible. Like, you think of it, every five years you paid back your, your, your principal in, you know, you doubled what you owed. So that's what they had. Um, uh, our, our fees, there were three of us in college at the time. Uh, our fees were 3,500 apiece. My mum was on 35,000. We know... Uh, we had no grant because she was a teacher. Uh, so, uh, and she was paying 54% tax. So they sold 30 acres of land to finish us in college. Wow. Uh, and that was the commitment they gave to us. So we knew, you know, you, you never had to look behind you to see how you support. Yeah. You know, we could feel the breath, their breath on, uh, on, on the back of our necks and their encouragement and confidence. Uh, so, so I suppose that, that for us was, that was the start. That's why I knew, let's do this. But also we had, you know, I talk about the GAA quite a bit. We had, um, and we have a phenomenal community in, in, in Tullestrand, which is our GAA club. Um, and, and again, there's that can-do attitude. Um, uh, and, and probably, rather than can-do, maybe even must-do. Uh, we're a very small community. Um, we love our football mm. Uh, we come together uh, uh, as a GA community, and, and I suppose that was the other thing. So that passion was there to to, to stay there and be part of that, and we have done that. Uh, and um, but but I knew I, I love. I have to go back to this. I love the idea that you knew what percentage interest was being paid on that loan while you were in college, mm. and you know I, I think that's that's the way to to teach children the value of 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 what they're receiving, I suppose. And, yeah. and you know, your dad is obviously a philosopher um, in his own way, yeah, you know. Um, and and we, have, we have no excuses in this country, in a way. We, we are blessed with so many natural assets in terms of our society. Um, and and to, to put on top of that then the little adversity piece that, that makes you work even harder, you know, it's, it's a wonderful situation. Yeah, but I think, you know, the, that, that's the thing, the adversity or the challenge. And back then it was interest rates. Now, you know, there, there are different always, problems. absolutely always different problems. And, you know, again, it, it's not that, that, you know, that positivity is, is blind to those. You know, what, what the positivity or, or what my dad would always have said to us and what I've, you know, our own business and my colleagues, the likes of Owen Brennan and, uh, and, and um, you know, uh, colleagues that I've worked with over the years would always, you know, no matter what adversity confronts you, we have to find a solution to it. Yeah. You know, once you have your health, after that you can deal with anything. Yeah. So what did you study in college? I studied agriculture. No surprises there. No, no, no. And I had a passion for it. And it goes back to, I remember <clears throat> I was talking to um, to the guys, to, to Justin um, and Matt Dempsey in the Farmer's Journal recently. And it goes back actually to my mother um, uh, sent, you know, asking me would I be interested in when I was, I think about 12, 11 or 12, to come to the RDS. There was a science course for, you know, uh, primary school students. Would mm-hmm. I come and do that? It was a weekly, it was a week-long thing. Came, loved science, decided then that I wanted to be in the science and the business of agriculture. Uh, well, I didn't really think of it, the business agriculture. I wanted to be in agriculture, maybe thought I wanted to be a farmer, but it was actually the business of agriculture because we had, my dad also had uh, started a livestock mart. Uh, in the early 70s, my dad and my uncle. And that was a tremendous, um, I suppose, 
I have a vision of your dad. If he opens his coat, he'll have watches (laughs) in the inside, you know. Anybody want a watch? (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Well, well, the only problem with watches, Sonia, was that people, they they last too long. He would have sweets Ah. or chocolate because, you know, and and you know where to get them the next time. Hilarious. So so that was, that was, that would be, but it was a great education. You saw customers, you saw what it was to attract them, you know, bring them back. You had to have people to buy the cattle. You had to have people who wanted to sell cattle. Um, and, and, And then you had to do it. Um, because there was quite a lot of livestock marts there, you had to make sure you did it better than anybody else. Richard, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you about the bravest and boldest moments in your business. Joe hit the red carpet at the award ceremony last night to ask some other illustrious guests about their bravest and boldest moments. The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Oh my God, the bravest and boldest thing is uh, to build a distillery in County Leitrim. Was it worth it? Well, it's been a great journey. It's been a huge roller coaster. We've got a great brand with Drumshamba Gunpowder Irish Gin, selling in 50 markets around the world. And we've 35 working, uh, most of whom had not been working uh, three years ago, and uh, several who never worked before in their lives. So it's been a great experience and uh, great fun. Uh, probably going, putting myself, not putting myself forward, but being nominated for the EY Awards and um, getting through and getting this far. Which I love. And yeah. then also bringing your whole family oh, yes. to, the, to the awards, maybe. <laughs> yeah, getting them ready and dressed and prepped, yeah. And not to be bold tonight. <laughs> What's the bravest and boldest thing you've ever done in business? Oh, got into it at all. Yeah. It's a journey. Business is not for the faint-hearted. It's an all-day, everyday thing, and you're either committed into it or you're not. So I think anybody who gets out into their own business and stays at it and plugs away is brave and bold. I think starting off uh, at 19, taking that leap of faith and just going for it. The boldest thing I've done is is trusting uh, franchisees with my business and taking the business from company-owned into franchising. So that's been the boldest thing. Uh, Maybe the next step is, is going to be even bolder for me. I don't know about the bravest thing, Cassie, but certainly the maddest thing was even starting a business because um, it's just so, so hard and it, and it kind of, it's unrelenting, it never stops. And those really, really, really long dark nights in the trenches and often you're there on your own. But then when you get nights like tonight and you get everybody around together and this is when, this is when all of the magic gets created, when you bring this really, really mad mob together um, with this creativity just flowing out of all of us, it's fantastic. Ooh, uh, well, let me see. I bought a business in 2015 with 120 employees in five stores, and we've managed somehow to grow that to 18 in 500 stores and take it all over Ireland. So I think that was pretty brave. Actually, going out there and starting. That's what a lot of people are saying. So is that like... That is it. Actually starting. And then I'm probably about to do the biggest and boldest one ever because I've started again and my reputation is I always get it right so now there's real pressure so maybe this is the biggest and boldest but this one is going to save the planet I think the bravest and the boldest was when we spent half a million euro on a domain name like Peter and myself I mean we were developers and we didn't put much focus on the marketing or sales side of the business and the opportunity came up to buy the domain name teamwork.com I think I bought the domain name and told you two days later (laughs) So you get your degree eventually, and there is no choice but to get that degree. Absolutely. What happened next? 
Well, I suppose I, I, I started to work. I worked with a company called Uniblock. I was lucky enough to get a job very quickly. And then after two years, um, I got a, an opportunity to join a company called Newtech. And it's where I met Owen Brennan. That was on the 1st uh, of uh, February 1991. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, uh, a milestone uh, day for me in my career. That's probably not the right way to say it, but it well, was. I, if you say it is, it is. <laughs> um, but it really was because Owen, Owen who was the founder of Devonish, um, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, a tremendous supporter, a, a very, very close friend and confidant, uh, has been, uh, you know, I- incredible in encouraging me. And um, had we've, we, I suppose, I, I, I was, I trained as a, as a pig nutritionist then, and uh, we started to develop and grow business. And then in 1997, Owen had uh, decided uh, and wanted to move and, and buy, uh, acquire our, his own business and our own business. So he invited me to join him and uh, a number of us, Michael McGuire, uh, Wallace Henry um, and uh, Morgan Chi and, uh, and others joined us and we, we went off and, and uh, um, acquired Devilish um, uh, and, and, and started Devilish from there because we felt that there was a, an opportunity uh, and I suppose how I've described that in the past, Sonia, has been that um, back then, uh, you know, the word disruptor, if you were a disruptor, you were kind of put in the bowl corner. Mm-hmm. Today, you're lauded and celebrated. Mm-hmm. But, but we did disrupt we, because um, our, our, our competitors are, are, are very strong and the marketplace we exist in is incredibly competitive. So we had to find a way to address that market from a different position and in a different way. So for anybody who isn't aware of what Devonish does, um, you might just explain. Yeah. No, um, uh, what we are is, as I said, we're nutritionists. Um, and, and we know that nutrients are key in terms of uh, delivering health. Um, and, and, you know, healthy, nutritious food is the basis of good health for all people. Um, and I think that's something we're kind of missing at the moment but that's probably for another day because we, we, we focus on what's not good in actual fact we should focus on what is really good and balanced healthy nutrition is the key to health if if it's healthy every step of oh, the chain absolutely yeah. absolutely and the chain is uh, is quite long but it's also uh, but there's huge opportunities in that so so i suppose what we do to answer your questions on and apologies for going around about it but as i said we're nutritionists so what we do is through the research development and innovation um uh, that we do uh, with our partners and customers we develop and deploy uh, solutions which ensure the most effective and efficient utilisation of nutrients in the production of meat, milk and eggs. Now that's quite long, but what we, we, we really endeavour to do is to deliver the most sustainable solutions. So utilisation of nutrients, efficient and effective, that's sustainability. And, and so that's been at your core since, since the inception? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, um, you know, we, we don't want to sell more of anything. We want to... Um, uh, as I said, uh, prescribe, deliver uh, and sell the correct nutrients and the correct levels based on the genetic potential of the animal, the, the, the potential of the environment that that exam- animal exists in and uh, the, what the requirement of the consumer that, cons- that, that ultimately consumes that food. So, so for us, we see huge opportunities in it. 
we've done, uh, you know, one part of what we've done is where we've developed uh, um, a product, where uh, uh, an omega-3 product when fed to chickens, pigs or, or, or cows that, that, uh, and, and people consume that food. Um, we, we did some work. That it's following all the way it follows through. follows all the way That's through. Amazing. And, and And not alone that, but we did uh, work with um, the Royal College of Surgeons and uh, um, uh, we have a peer-reviewed research uh, paper which shows that when people consume that three times a week, we lower the incidence of heart disease and stroke by 50%. Amazing. So that's the value of nutrients. And we did that to, to display and show the impact we can have. And that innovation occurs at farm level. Most food production innovation or, uh, tends to occur you know, during the processing period. We know uh, and, and, and we've taken that on further and, and have now research uh, where um, an innovation where we know that we can deliver um, really si- uh, specific sustainability solutions. So we aim to deliver by 2025 carbon neutral beef, carbon neutral milk. And we, we actually can see that path now in front of us. It's extraordinary because obviously um, the, the meat industry is, is going through a really tough time mm. at the moment. And uh, it's funny, on the way in here, I was listening, there's a new piece of research yes. um, out on nutrition. And I, I think the next phase of this conversation is not just the the blanket sort of opinions about things, but really looking at exactly what you're saying in terms of, you know, not all of anything is good or bad. It's, it really is. Absolutely. What is the quality? You know, what is the nutritional value? Um, there's beef and beef, right? Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. And I, and I think the other thing we should do is, I think we need more collaboration in this, Sonia. You know, we, we, we see different parts, as you said about the, 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 the value chain that is food. Uh, we, we see different parts and somebody's saying, well, we're right and you're wrong. And, 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 and the you're wrong piece is getting more attention mm. than I like. And, and that is always the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's unfortunate because mm. when we go anywhere in the world, you know, People will look at Ireland and say, what you have in Ireland, and I talk about the island of Ireland, is phenomenal. The brand we have, Mm. the recognition, acknowledgement we have of quality, of authenticity, uh, and we should not dare allow that to change. But but we should not be... Uh, we should not be arguing amongst ourselves who or what is delivering it. We're delivering it together. And collaboration to me, is the key now to how, as you say, the next stage is real, authentic, true research to show the value of what we have. And then let's go and sell the value, yeah. not the issues. Yes, fantastic. Um, that's what you do and what you do is inspiring. Um, the business, the, the growth of the business has been phenomenal. And, and you're entering now the next stage of that growth. Mm. So just walk us through. So 1997, 1997 yeah. was the beginning mm. and the, the turnover. The turnover in the business in 1997 was 5 million and it was mostly traded products. So there were, you know, it was commodities. You yeah. were, uh, and, and I suppose, as I said, we, we had, we, we started uh, and developed the strategy to say, right, we're going down the road of research, development and innovation and, and the application of that in real time. So I think that's one of the things that, that we... Your differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. We, wa- we wanted not alone to do the research, but make it applicable uh, and then apply it. 
So we we have a, a, a number of unique, I suppose, um, solutions and 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 ways of working, and and that that has has you know builds for us. But I think you know in terms of of uh, the growth of the business. The, the thing that we we were most focused on was ensuring that there's an entrepreneurial spirit within the company because I, I you know I, I do appreciate that you know the title of this is entrepreneur of the year but but if, if there isn't an entrepreneurial spirit and you don't have entrepreneurs around us um, then you know one entrepreneur in a company will never ever it'll wither and die or she'll wither and die. Um, because you don't have the spirit or culture in the business. So my job to me and the people who look to me for leadership in Devonish uh, uh, ex- expect me, and I feel it's my responsibility, to, uh, to enable, to allow them uh, and exp- to express and, and, and uh, to uh, flourish in that entrepreneurial spirit. Because they can't, if, I, if, if, if we shut it down or slow it down or, or, or undermine it, uh, it, it really, you know, you just stall. Uh, so, so here's the here's the challenge I think for a lot of businesses at the moment, and um, I think uh, where where we see real challenges in the way we do business is is in the culture of the business, and the culture of the business creates the outputs in a way. Um, you now have five hundred people mm. um, to to encourage entrepreneurship. By definition, you need to celebrate failure. Yeah, absolutely. You need to encourage um, experimentation yeah, yeah. of your thinking and of your outputs. H- how do you manage that in in a group of five hundred people? Because well, I think uh, the reason I'm asking is because I think that's what people can't get their head around. Hmm. How do you create that culture? Well, well, you know, it's a challenge all the time. Uh, there's no question, and um, I suppose uh, uh, if if you don't fail, you you won't create. Mm. Because, and, and if you don't learn from that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a, again, I suppose for us, the one thing we would try and do is, 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 is uh, you know, little or no retrospection in terms of criticism. So constructive or otherwise. Like, all you can do from the past is learn. But if you go back to poke someone in the eye or even to say, well, you know, this was, you know, look at that, what happened before, then that, that immediately inhibits. So that's the first stage. Y- yes, learn from it. By all means, you mm. must learn from it. And, and, you know, the definition of madness is doing the same thing, as they say, and expecting a different... So, so you can't do that. So you have to be willing to change. But then you, you can't be inhibited by or, or limited by the, the, the uh, you know, those failures. You say, right, fine, we moved on, we move on. So, um, you know, it's, it, th- those are the sort of things that, 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 that I think are very important. Now, again, I, I don't like, as a matter of fact, I think in, in a, an entrepreneurial, um, uh, innovative business, you, structure is very important. Uh, and I drive uh, my colleagues nuts by saying our structure is that there isn't structure. And, and then they said, no, but you can't have that. So I said, right, well, let's turn it on its head. So you heard me refer to the fact that, um, you know, people look to me for leadership. Nobody reports to me. They look to me for leadership. That's what I ask all our, my colleagues to do. So people don't report to anybody in Devonish. They look to one another for leadership. So if you're in a senior role, then there are lots of people looking to you for leadership. Your behaviour 
it's 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 my behaviour. That's fantastic language. Yeah, well, we, we, we worked really hard on that, spent a long time kicking that around. And, um, you know, uh, it's funny, I talk about the GAA quite a lot, but um, what we did actually was, I was at, or what was the basis of this? I was at a coaching conference in Crow Park and um, one of the more senior coaches in, in the GAA is a guy called Donny Butler from uh, down in Tipperary. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked Donny to come and talk to us uh, after what he presented. And one of the slides that he put up, and it was an incredible slide, uh, was, uh, he said, as a coach, he says, you need to enable people. But he says, honesty without empathy is cruelty. And I thought, you know, my head was spinning. So he says, I'll explain it to you. He says, if you're a, 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 a playing corner forward uh, on a GA team, for, so for those who are normally when you get in a parish team, you're running out of players and the corner forward is the youngest or the weakest or the lightest. So when you're taking him off, if you take off a corner forward uh, and because he's playing badly and you say to him, you know, you were brutal, right? So you're being honest. Mm -hmm. There's no empathy and it's absolute cruelty. Now, if you take him off and you say, look at didn't work out for you today. We'll have a chat about it. So it's how you f you turn that coaching round from being, you know, you, you know, punch in the ribs. Absolutely, everybody can say you can be honest. Oh, we want honesty, but you also require empathy, and empathy is very important because, and and it's very difficult because I can never I can never sit in your shiny trousers or sit in you your. You could seat. try, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I can't be in your shoes, yeah. and you can't be in mine. So empathy is important and to give that. But that's why I thought we twisted around and say, you know, who looks to us for leadership? You know, who looks to me for leadership? That's what I should every day go into the office and think, hang on a second here. You know, this is the way. There, people are looking to see what I do when something goes wrong. What I do when I make a mistake. Put up your hand. Fantastic. Uh, your story is amazing. I mean, we haven't even dived into the, the, the nuts and bolts of the growth of this business. And it is set to, 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 to increase by 100 million in the next how many years? Well, that's what we're aiming for. Yeah, you know. I, I'm pretty and, sure you're going to do and, it, and Richard. Sometimes, <laughs> oh, well, sometimes we miss, but, uh, but sure, we're aiming anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and as I said, you know, uh, genuinely, Sonia, you know, th this is about uh, our people. Uh, and I have tremendous colleagues, people who I have huge admiration for. And, and as I said, to you, I want them to express their ability because Owen Brennan allowed me to express mine. And I now want to reflect that and give people the opportunity to express their ability. Richard, you had two football teams with you at the EY EOY Awards <laughs> last night. And uh, to be honest, your leadership was uh, palpable. Um, Thank you. you had people there who um, who love you and what you do. And it's been my absolute pleasure to sit here with you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much, Sonia. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Joe's Architects of Business, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Thanks to the team here at Maximum Studios and, of course, to my fabulous guest, Richard Kennedy. If you haven't already done so, please do subscribe to the show to get a brand new episode into your feed every fortnight for free. I'm Sonia Lennon. Talk soon. The Architects of Business on Joe, in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs.